ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão que eu tenho explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Befica podcast. Episode number 375 is what we're up to. An eternity of episodes coming to you every Tuesday. My name is Alfredo Fumasas. With me, as always, Cristiano Oliveira. Como é que é, amigo? Tudo bem? Tudo, tudo. What's going on? Uh, Dave, what's going on, Alfredo? What's going on, everyone listening around the world? Uh... Hope you guys are doing as well as I am right now, even though I sound like I'm out of it. I'm still thrilled to be here once again to talk about our fabulous Benfica through the ups and the downs. But, you know, it is what it is. Therapy. And Dave is up in uh, in a Toronto area <laughs> or something like that. He's up in Canada. Dave, how you been? Doing well, uh, Alfredo. Good to be back on, uh, like uh, Cristiano said, definitely a therapy session uh, going on here today, especially as we... Uh, we uh, de- de- uh, go deep down into the wounds and uh, recap this uh, this season here tonight. Yeah, is that, I mean, a, is that a Honduras jacket you got on? You got a Macron with an H. No, this is the the Forge FC, the CPL again, Canadian uh, Premier League. Oh, okay. We'll put a, we'll post a picture of it on Twitter for those of you that uh that are wondering what the hell we're talking about. I'm yes. sorry to interrupt you, Alfred. Christiano, we'll do that. So on episode 375, we will look back at uh, at the Taça de Portugal uh, final, which happened this past weekend between Benfica and Porto. Uh, we'll also look ahead to the biggest thing to happen to Benfica for uh, quite a few months now, JJ's return and uh, unveiling. Uh, we'll do our customary sell, loan and keep uh, segment that we do at the end of each season. We'll also take a look at some signings, have a couple other news bits that we want to get to. Um, we'll briefly briefly introduce the three candidacies that have, have been made uh, official. Um, we'll, we promise that we'll go into more future detail into each one of them in, in, future, in future episodes. Um, for those of you who tuned in to... Uh, to get the, the MVP, best defender, best of, best offensive player, uh, revelation of uh, of the season. Um, forget it. We're not doing that. It was such a miserable and horrendous season uh, that we don't feel that there's anyone that deserves any uh, awards by the Benfica podcast crew, uh, good or bad. Uh, right? So we'll uh, we'll do the, the sell, uh, loan, and, and keep segment as we always do. Um, for you. So let's get it right into this stuff of the Portugal game. Uh, Benfica lost 2 nothing to Porto uh, and two. lost 2 1, one, one to Porto, lost one more Tassa de Portugal, and that's it. N- next topic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I feel, Alfredo. But yeah. uh, unfortunately, so, you know, we got to talk about ups and downs. Yeah. So, uh, Cristiano, both Cristiano and I had, were. were were part of I was part of the the pregame show on Befiga Independence YouTube channel and Cristiano was part of the after game show uh in that same channel so completely two different moods uh, as uh, as we both participate in and certainly one of the things that that I that we mentioned on the pregame show um 
was the fact that uh, Ruben Diaz had come out in the media a couple days before or on a pregame presser or so on and so forth. Uh, and his attitude uh, was really something that, that was commendable, that every Benficista, I'm sure, was, was happy to see. And the biggest question was, will they... Will this message, this thing that Ruben Diaz feels, uh, and it really was believable that he felt that, and, and I have no reason not to believe him, but is this something that is also felt within the locker room and for the players? Uh, and certainly uh, not really uh, when we look at the, what happened in, in this game. Um, let's start with the, with, the, with the lineup, and then we'll, we'll take it from there. Vlaco Dimus, Almeida, Diaz, Jardel, and Nuntavarsh. Weigel and Gabriel Pizzi and Servi Chiquinho and, and Seferovic. Um, again, our, our, our best scorer and uh, the winner of the, the Bola de Prata that's awarded by Jornal Bola for the best scorer of the Liga Nosh uh, was left on the bench. Um, and, and I guess w- as soon as the game started and you see Seferovic trip over that ball running and trip over that ball, you kind of knew uh, where this game was headed. But uh, I mean, I don't, I don't even know where, I, where I'm, where I should start here. I mean, from the numerous passes that Nuntavarj missed. Oh my God, Gabriel! Uh, I mean, you name it, man, you name it. Uh, it was just, it was just horrendous. Um, and then the jersey, the unveiling of the the jersey live in loco, uh, and we'll get into the jerseys in a little bit. Uh, but certainly, perhaps. If not, the Alfredo, worst performance of the season for me. Out of all the negatives that we had, and we, we have a boatload of them that we can sit here and dissect. You're going to mention the, the jersey. To me, the jer- I, I, I forgot all about the jersey. Who gives a crap about the jersey? There is so much negativity in this game uh, to pick to choose from. And, and we could sit here all weekend. I mean, all week, not weekend, but definitely into the weekend talking about this. Very unfortunate. Very ugly performance from Benfica. Obviously, you know, you still – can question some of the decision-making by, by, by the coaching staff. And, and, you know, not even in-game. You could go back to the press conference when he's talking about this is not the most important game of the season. I mean, it's just a totally mentality. And maybe that, that, that you know, trickle down to the players in the locker room, whatever. It is what it is. Whomever it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. It's just negativity. It's just nothing that, that, that transpires any type of confidence um, or importance of, of, of these types of matches. We un- – we, should play every game and Alfredo you know I went off on rents years ago that Benfica should play every single game no matter who they play against uh, to win they should play it with the best efforts possible in order to come out uh, you know on top uh, from that particular game and and that message is lost somehow and then as you mentioned Ruben Diaz comes out to press conference maybe he himself noticed or somebody hopefully somebody in the club noticed that, that that's the wrong message that we're sending across to our fans to our players this is not who Benfica is uh, and Ruben Diaz tried his very best to pick up the mess uh, that our interim coach basically left him in. Um, getting to the game, obviously, there's tremendous amount of questions as to why all of a sudden Vinicius has been relegated to the bench and coming off the last 25, 30 minutes of the game. Sferovic has regained his, his starting spot in the starting 11. Just uh, so many questions here as to w- what's transpired over the last couple of weeks. Why why Vinicius decided to go ahead and make that change. Then you get into the game and it's just one of those games as Benficistas, we sat here last week and you know, there's two ways that this game's going to go, right? The players have completely given up on the season, um, and they're thinking about 
the new head coach and JJ and whether they're going to be around or not. Um, as I jokingly said before, some of these guys already have their suitcases uh, packed and, you know, because they know they're not going to be sitting around for much longer or, you get total opposite, which is, you know, orgullo, the pride of being a Benfica, the pride of playing a classic against football do Porto, the pride of trying to bring a Caneco back to the lose, you know, a Caneco that we, a trophy, connect for those of you that don't know what Caneco is, a trophy that um, we diehard Benficistas have been complaining about for the longest time because it's totally unacceptable. I believe it's like four or five, whatever it is. I don't know the exact number, but it might be five in the last 30 years, which is totally unacceptable for a club of Benfica stature. So you were hoping that the players will grab grab onto that. You were hoping that the players will come in and, and play with that orgullo and play with that pride and do everything that they could to try to salvage the season, a season that Benfica, let's not forget, we're seven points up at one point, and then we're able to just basically give away that huge lead and, and, and see Porto celebrate yet another title two in the last three years. Um, and this was, we hope that this would be an opportunity for these players to, to, to put up a fight and, and represent Benfica in the best of ways and, and, and do what the, you know, do what we all hoped uh, would be accomplished, which is bringing the Connect back home. Unfortunately, Total opposite. Game started three minutes in. Vlaco Dimos with a tremendous save on uh, on a cutback by, by Corona. And then after that, it was just a bunch of nothing. Was a, I mean, literally a bunch of nothing. Porto started the youngest goal, uh, youngest ever goalkeeper for them in the Taça de Portugal uh, final. Might, he, might actually be the youngest goalie ever to make the, the start in the Taça de Portugal final in the history of the competition. And, and the guy wasn't peppered with a shot. He didn't make a single shot on goal. I mean, it's just a chippy game. Benfica... Very inconsistent, ugly, ugly game on Benfica's part. That performance, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm talking here, guys, and just going off, and I apologize, but I'm just trying to give everyone a visual of, of, of what went on in this game. That performance by Nuno Tavares in the first half, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, that might, that might, that might have been the worst performance I've ever seen a Benfica player have. I mean, that was atrocious. He couldn't complete a pass. He couldn't complete a cross. He couldn't defend. There was nothing that the guy did well. I mean, absolutely nothing. And so I just, I don't understand what's going on with Benfica. And I, and I know it's, you know. In all, in, in, all fairness, in all fairness, he wasn't the only one. I mean, when you, and he's, and I don't, I'm not trying to make an excuse for him, but certainly a, a young kid in, in a game of this, uh, this magnitude, uh, uh, finally, certainly, there's probably some nerves. But, I mean, when you look at guys like Pizzi, who seem to have been gone for, for most of the game. Wait, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> he was in his game. Dave, check the stats, Dave. Are you sure, Dave? He was in his game. I sent out the, the tweet there that I didn't, when they subbed him up, when the Vinicius got the penalty, I thought, oh, here's Pizzi to miss the penalty. And I didn't even realize that Pizzi had been subbed off. One, I didn't realize he was even on. And then I didn't even realize that he got subbed off the uh, the field there. But uh, there's uh, Mr. Uh, Pizzi, uh, big match uh, Pizzi. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, just, just uh, atrocious. And Dave, um, last week when, when we asked you about what your expectations were for the season, uh, you, uh, unlike all the players, had already packed your bags and you were ready to go on vacation uh, before this game. W did you feel compelled to watch this game deep down inside? Did you feel oh, maybe we could still grab one here? Oh, I still, I still watched the game. I still uh, was uh, had hopes that we would pull something off against uh, Porto, but I think the uh, the players took my message and they packed it in uh, as well. Uh, I'm trying to think back to in my lifetime. Now I was born in '92, so 
technically I was alive during uh, the Vietnam years, but I really didn't experience it like like my father did. I watched, I lived through Vietnam through my father, but I'm trying to remember in my lifetime if that that's more of if that was the most embarrassing performance that I've seen from a, a Benfica squad. Uh, just no intensity. We we had the extra man for uh, close to an hour, 60 minutes, and you couldn't even tell that we had the the extra man. I had uh, friends of mine that support Porto, and they they were messaging me. You guys know that you have the extra man, right? So like, it was just an embarrassing well, per- performance uh, on, yeah. on our part here. And uh, you guys wanted to mention about Nuno Tervares uh, not having a good game, but that again, uh, Sergio Conceição knows that's our, our weak spot. He's he sent all his uh, all his uh, attacking uh, down uh, that that flank there. Nah, you Dave, know, Dave, Dave, Dave. Look, he Port- had he, he didn't, didn't play great, particularly well either. He didn't have a great game defensive, but to me, the biggest problem I had with him wasn't the defensive side of the ball; it was the fact he couldn't complete a pass. I mean, that has nothing to do with Porto sending guys down his side. That has something to do with the fact that the guy, one, hasn't gotten over the nerves or whatever it is, or he's just not a Benfica-caliber player. Because, Dave, he wasn't completing a pass. He wasn't completing a cross. He wasn't doing nothing. I mean, every time he touched the ball, it's like, okay, turn over. Let's run back the other way. Yeah, and that's what it was, though. He was always caught, caught off, uh, off guard on his, his position as well, de- defending. Yeah, it was. It, look, Porto didn't pr- play particularly well, and and when 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 you don't have a pizza, it was ten against ten, right? Uh, it was it was an ugly ugly game, Alfredo. And look, and, and as you mentioned, uh, he's definitely not the scapegoat. He's definitely not the only one you can point the finger at. Nobody else played particularly well in this game. That being said, Porto uh, goes down a man. You anticipate that Benfica is going to go into the locker room. They're going to use this as an advantage. And then I get a text message at halftime from a good friend of mine and say, "Bro, this is going to be even more embarrassing now when we lose being up a man." I said, "Man, shut up." <laughs> I said, yeah, "Shut bro. up." I don't want to hear about that. And that's exactly what happened. Again, Alfredo. We've talked about this from the Rui Vitoria days. We talked about this with Bruno Lodge when, once the wheels got, you know, fell off the bus. And we're talking about it again. Now, obviously, with this guy, we should expect it, right? Because it happened with the other two guys. And this guy's not at the level of the other two previous coaches. But once again, we saw an instance where Benfica goes into the halftime. Not that they deserve to be up or anything like that. But they come out of the half asleep. They come out of the half seeming like they just went into the... You, know, you remember when we used to play with little kids off right? They, they used to give us Bing the Porto and, and orange slices. That, that's what it seemed like they went in. They went into the locker room for the Bing the Porto and orange slices and came back into the game, second half. Like, okay, it is what it is. Where Porto came back, came, came back out, knowing they're down a man, knowing that they had to put up the best fight that they, ops, uh, that they possibly could in order to get away with those three points. Benfica came out and they played the first five to ten minutes. They were okay. Benfica was okay. They, you know, Sferovic had a couple of chances. Obviously, you know, uh, missed them. Uh, what else? What else? What else should we expect at this point? But then once Porto starts getting comfortable on the ball, they get a set piece. And as we've known, um, set pieces a half goal against Benfica over the last year or so. It's been absolutely true. 18 goals given up on set pieces. And, and Vlaco Dimos, I, I, I mean, I don't know what the hell he was thinking, but he swung at the ball. He got a piece of it. The one guy, the, the one Porto player that was at the second post by himself in between seven or eight guys was the only guy who did not give up on the ball, was able to get his head on it and just got it over Ruben Diaz and Porto took the lead from there. And, and, and then it's just all downhill after that. It just, it, I never got the feeling that Befica was going to turn this around. No. Did you guys get the feeling? No, no. And, and really, when you watch this game, this this game is basically the whole season packed in, in 90 minutes, right? Um horrible first half no no any kind of semblance of of even 
attractive football to to be played. Uh, go into the into the locker room with an advantage, right? Because uh, playing against ten men is always going to be advantage, provided you can take advantage of it, obviously. Uh, but come out of the second half asleep, uh, give up two goals on two dead ball situations. Uh, and it is just uh, it, it was just a reflection of what the year has been. Poor first halves, sometimes holding holding advantage going into the second half. Then in the second half, uh, you know, just a, an implosion. Uh, dead ball situations, which have been our Achilles heel all season long. Come on, man. Is there no one in that technical staff that could do something? Put all 11 guys on the goal line and see if maybe we could stop a dead ball situation. Do something. Uh, but it's it just it was it was embarrassing. And I think that more embarrassing uh, was not only the fact that Benfica hasn't won a lot of Tassa de Portugal in the past 30 years, uh, but the, the attitude that the team had. Um, and you can't even blame it on the referee. I actually thought the referee had a, had a very, very decent game. Uh, with the exception of that first yellow card to uh, to Zell, was his name uh, Diaz? Luis Diaz. Luis Diaz. With the exception yeah. of that yellow card was forced, but the 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 second one is a straight red. There's no question about it. Uh, and I thought for the most most of the game he was he was pretty good with the decisions that he had. I thought that he got a little bit more abused than he should have allowed uh, from the benches because you could hear Filio de Puta all day and there's no fans in the stands to be yelling that so it had to come from somewhere uh, and when you're a referee and you're allowing uh, the people on the bench to insult you like that uh, again uh, me being a referee I wouldn't tolerate it but then again these guys might be on a different different level and there might be friends after the game and go out for drinks and so on and so forth but I just thought it was it was just an embarrassment because there was no attitude from from the team um the Verissimo I, I I ran out of words and I, I seriously hope that that Verissimo uh packs his bags and, and is let go because uh somebody who has spent that much time within the organization uh and was a player at one time for Benfica he should know Uh, that there's a set of values that when you go and speak to the media that you have to hold. You just can't say it is what it is. You just can't say, um, what team do you leave JJ? And you say, well, th this is the team that we leave JJ. Uh, you know, it, it's just, it, it, there's a, a couple things that, that he says that are, that are very, very, um, they're, they're not befitting of the, Uh, institution that Benfica is for me. Uh, and for somebody, uh, Cristiano, you, myself, and Dave, we work, right? When we speak about our, the people that hire us, right, our jobs, our bosses uh, to uh, other customers, there's a, there's, there's a certain code that you use, right? So you don't you don't shit talk the people that employ you, uh, you know. There's a certain code, and I think that that what what uh, Verissimo is missing here is that code, and I think this it seemed to throw salt on the wounds of Benfiquistas that not only do they have to put up with this pathetic uh, exhibition with no desire, with no drive, with no intensity, but now 
after the game, you still have to listen to these words by Verissimo. I just think he's, I just think he's, you know, dry. I just don't think he's good at his job. I mean, I don't think he's maliciously went out of his way to try to shit talk anyone like you're, like you're suggesting. I just think that, bro, the guy's not very good at what he does. And there's a reason why he's not a head coach. There's a reason why he's an assistant coach and he's been behind the scenes for, for a very long time. And he's what we call here in the United States or in Canada and the NFL, a defensive specialist, <laughs> a set piece specialist. And he's not very good at it. Um, and look, it's just, he just, I, I, I didn't pay attention to anything he said. Obviously the, the, the two things that stick to my mind the most is the one comment of it is what it is. And then the one he says, you know, last week uh, leading up to this game, that this is not the biggest game of the year when it's the last game of the year. It's the only game to play. There is nothing else to play. It's a game that you can recoup some type of dignity, right? And you could salvage your season somewhat after embarrassingly giving up such a huge lead um, that you had. And so it's it, it just the guy's just not good at what he does. And so I'd rather not even talk about him. There's plenty more that we can talk about, more exciting news um, coming forward. Uh, in and he'll be packing his bags and hopefully, you know, finding himself a special teams job at another club. And it's just not with our club. Um, just to, to, to put a bow on this game, Porto, once they went down, that one man, you could tell their garra came out. They complained, bitched about every single thing. The one interesting stat for me in this game, believe it or not, is that uh, when you look at the stats and you see all the fouls committed by Porto, you see all the bitching and complaining, you see they get a red card. I mean, I was I just looked this up now, and this is why I'm I mean this is to me caught me by surprise. Porto finished the game with one yellow card. Benfica with four. So I mean Porto in the first half was getting a red card. Second half, there wasn't a single foul that warranted a yellow, apparently, by this referee. It just it's it's, it's totally different mentalities, man. Porto yeah. um they play every game. They believe that that they can win every game, regardless of if they're playing well or not. And Benfica, they go down. Obviously, Vacadimos commits that gaffe. Uh, maybe if he saves that, all of a sudden, Porto has to play a little bit more on the back end. They have to play more defensive because, you know, they know they're down a man. Things might, you know, get extended into, you know, extra time or whatever. So they might might have conserved a little bit of more energy. But once they get up there, they get that goal, you know, all of a sudden now, you could tell they were confident. They're coming for You got Pepe that's playing. That's a center back that's getting fouled by one of our corner flags. You can tell their confidence went to the next level while Benfica, they was just dejected after that. And then once they went 2-0 two, two up, all of a sudden, it was just a totally different game. And then, unfortunately, or, you know, unfortunately for us Benficaistas, Benfica decided to play the last, what, five minutes? 85th until what? The, the 95th minutes? I, it's not even, I say five minutes because 85th to 90th, that's the actual game time. Everything else is added time. But it, it seemed like the only time that this team sort of decided to play and, and maybe try to get some of that respect, some of that dignity was once things got ugly and once it went down 2-0. Why not have that attitude from the initial whistle? That's what's annoying about this team. I mean, it seems as if um, we've all stated it here. Obviously, I don't think you need, it takes a rocket scientist to, 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 to see what this team was and what it is today. Obviously, many people have said, and uh, ourselves included, that they set Bruno Lage up for failure, right? If he's not come all lives. These guys did not show up the second half of the season, and you see it yet again here in a big game, in a big moment. And then all of a sudden, only when they're down 2 nothing, they decide to play. It's kind of like, oh, let's defend our dignity here. You know, look, they can't, they can't question that, you know, if we play the last 5, 10 minutes here, 
uh, they can't question if we put in the effort. It's just it's just the wrong mentality, and, and I can't wait for George Zeus to take over this team because you know that this mentality is going to be the first thing that gets slapped out of the locker room is, is that loser's mentality. It's going to be about winning. It's about positive football, and it's going to be about believing that you can win until the very final whistle, and I can't wait for those days to come. Yeah, look, I, I, um, I don't even want to get into the substitutions because the substitutions were just as bad as, as the game itself. But I think it's, it's best if we, uh, like you said, Cristiano, put a bow on this and uh, try to uh, look back at this season and, and try to learn uh, from some mistakes and, and certainly in, in understanding uh, the memory that we have and the grudges that we hold. Um, there's certainly a lot of players in this team um, that I, you know, I considered important and, and certainly not to an idle level, uh, but certainly I, I knew that they were important in what Benfica has done in these past five years. Uh, and, and I, I'm, I'm very disappointed in, in, in some of them. And um, I, I really hope that they don't get a chance to continue playing for the club. Uh, but, you know, if I'm, if I'm if I'm looking at the season, I'm I'm thinking that there's 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 three parties uh, guilty in, in what happened in the season, uh, and I'll name them in in order of relevance. One, um, the president, uh, because uh, I, I think that there was a lot of decisions that were made by the president that were not the best ones. I didn't think that he got the players that Laj wanted. The squad the squad wasn't competitive uh the other one is is the team that even understanding what their limitations were uh, the level of effort and intensity wasn't there through most of the games uh and i think that there's a, there was a lot of individual talent within this team to be able to rally around the coach uh and the third one is definitely Laj. uh one because you know he was uh inexperienced as a coach um naive at times uh, let himself be outcoached all the time. Uh, and then he didn't really put his, his foot down in terms of uh, getting more players. He had a chance to go to the market in the winter. I don't know if his hands were tied by Luis Felipe or not, but he could have uh, filled out some some spots on the roster that were uh, more fragile than others, and he didn't. So those three parties for me are, are, are the ones that I'm that I'm looking at as as the the guilty party. And, and I'm not just saying the president as number one because – um, that's what's fashionable right now is to hate the president. But certainly uh, when, uh, when there's a, a fallout like this uh, and where you look at the team and you don't even know where any positive that you could take off this team, you got to look all the way at the top. And the person that makes the decision and pays the bills is certainly the person at the top. I think everyone. I don't think there's a person that's safe. I mean, from the technical staff, the coaching staff, the players, the massagistas. I mean, every single one involved in this first team this year, everyone's at fault. I don't think there's a single person that you could forget. It's just that's the only way to to, to look at what's happened, what's transpired this year. It's just a big old red X across everyone. And then look. Whoever's got to go has got to go, and and, and we're going to take things serious going forward. And, well, you know, president obviously is going to stick around. You've got to do better. Coaching staff, whoever, whatever coach is sticking around from the previous uh, coaching staff, better do better. The technical staff, better do better. The, the, the guys that watch video, better do better. The why the guys that, my boys, the nicest guys, those are the only three guys maybe that aren't at fault. The nicest guys, the training, uh, the guys that take care of the kits and everything else. Um, those guys are yeah. wrong. 
those guys are fantastic guys. So maybe those three guys aren't at fault. But everyone else better do better next year. They're going to be uh, – they better be on their best behavior. JJ's going to have everybody tip-top shape. It just, it's just ugly. I mean, I don't think you could salvage anyone that's been involved in decision-making from players to coaching staff to – again, I, I, it sounds like I'm being repetitive, but it's just – it's annoying. The more I'm talking about it, the, the angrier I'm getting. There's not a single person that, that, that escapes um, – you know, the disaster that, 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 that was this season. Dave, some thoughts on this uh, last season so we could move on. It's just amazing how, how uh, confident we came into uh, this season, just recapping some of the po- earlier podcasts where we came on here talking about the uh, se- season would be uh, wrapped up by December. Say that. I, we had we had conversations whether or not this team was going to score 150 goals this uh, this season after scoring 100 last season because we had a full season with Bruno Lage. We did over unders if uh, Raúl Di Tomas, Seferovic were all going to score over 20 goals. Just like night and day, uh, the uh, how confident we were at the beginning of the season to the the very lowest of lows that we're we're feeling right now. So. Uh, not much to say that we haven't already uh, said about this uh, squad, so let's uh, let's move on. Look, there's something that Serginho on the post game the other day in the Scalo after the game. There's something that Serginho said, and there's something that Nuno Picado uh, also said on the Benfica FM. Um, and 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 you know, it, it sounds harsh, but these players they need a reality check, man. Right? These players need to understand what being a Benficaista is, and, and they came. They both came up suggested that. The team on the two buses now, because obviously it's two buses that's transporting the team, players, staff, I mean, everyone on those two buses making the trip uh, back down from Coimbra all the way to Lisbon should have watched nonstop video of Porto celebrating of, uh, you know, celebrating not just the title, but also the Taça de Portugal. They, you know, they should be punished. You know, like, you know, you watch the movies, the war movies, and they, they blast that loud music and they do everything they can so you don't sleep. When they interrogate you, they try to torture you. That's exactly what they should have done. They should have glued their, their eyelids back to their forehead and, and, and forced these guys to watch these videos, to understand that what it is that, that drives us fans so mad. Um, about losing, about, you know, having to put up and watch this garbage ourselves. And these players, you know, maybe like as other guys suggested, they just get in the bus, put on their headphones, tune off whatever's going on around them, and they don't even pay attention to what's, you know, the, the, to the situation that they just had one of the most embarrassing seasons probably we've had in a very, very long time. And we've had quite a few of those over the last 30 years, guys. Yeah. I, look, it's a it's a different uh, an alternative reality for for these guys, and and I'm not saying that uh, they're not bummed out if they lose a game, certainly, but uh, I mean, and I wa I I watched in pain uh, the show on Benfica Independent after the game, um, and to see uh, Sergio's uh, just demeanor. Just this, this state of, of mind and, and spirit and Nunu's and, and yours and, and Magda's. I was fine. I got I, I, I was heartbroken on the inside, but you couldn't tell because you know me. I'm, I'm a hyper, and then I'm doing something with these guys who we all consider, you know, more than their friend, their family now, right? And I was so ecstatic and so happy to be doing something with Nunu, Magda, and, and Serginho, obviously. So I come in with all this, and, and I'm like, yeah, and they're just – Bro, they're not. I'm yeah. trying to crack the smile, trying to break the ice, and and I tell you, I experienced, I experienced something that I, I don't want any of you guys to experience. 
right before we went on live, obviously the last five minutes of the game, I'm watching the game. And so we're, we're, we all, the four of us are on video on Zoom, right? We could see each other before we went live. And just watching the reactions from, all, from Magda, from Sergio, and, and, and from Nuno, their face, right? And, and like watching Sergio for those last five minutes, it was one of the most gut-wrenching things that I've had to go yeah. through as a Benfica because they, they, you know, obviously we, we were huge Benfica fans in the United States, you know, and, and some of these guys would tell you, oh, you know, you might be bigger fans than us because you follow these guys from halfway around the world. And look, there is no bigger Benfica than the next. We're all huge Benfica but there's different ways to live it. And even though I barely slept that night, and I'm pretty sure uh, the, the two of you guys also went through a tough time, Serginho and these guys, and they live Benfica 24-7. I have my escape, you know? My Rangers are back in the playoffs. I'll watch my Rangers. My Yankees are back. These guys is Benfica, 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 Benfica. doesn't mean that I don't care about Benfica the way they do, but they just live it totally different. And so, I just, you know, my heart goes out to those guys. And and, and it wasn't that I wasn't as heartbroken or as upset as, as they are, but you know me, I'm, I'm high pitch. I'm, I'm ready to go high energy and and, and, say, and I'm trying to interject some humor and, and they weren't having it. You know, they're they're like, dead ass about you know yeah. this being an atrocious time so um you know credit to them credit to everyone for watching man because it, it wasn't easy to do it um and i could just imagine the rest of you guys that had the opportunity to watch it must have not been easy to watch that as well because it's not something we want to talk about man it's 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 not a good time for our club so yeah. uh thank you to those that did watch it and i just wanted to mention that Hug, hugs to to magda nuno and uh Sergio. yeah so uh we closed the 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 book on this uh, five-year uh, cycle, if you could call it that, or, or uh, maybe a, a two-year mini-cycle coupled with a three-year mini-cycle. But I think, uh, to me, it's a five-year cycle. It's a, it's a cycle where uh, the president decided that uh, he needed to go into another direction. So he, uh, he basically pushed uh, George Zuz out, or JJ as we like to uh, call him here, and decided to go into a different direction. Uh, yesterday, with the introduction of uh, of JJ as uh, Benfica's next coach, uh, certainly closed the book on that uh, adventure or or experiment. Uh, those are probably the the best fitting words that I could find for this. It wasn't a plan. Uh, it wasn't uh, any type of direction, concrete direction. It was certainly an adventure and experience that albeit providing three titles uh it wasn't the direction that we uh that we needed to go into uh so jj introduced uh yesterday signed for two years he he said that the president wanted to sign him for four years but he said uh give me one year and let me let me prove myself and then he said well let's do two years so they it was two years Ceremony held at uh, at uh, uh, Kasha Football Campus. I don't know if you, if they call it anymore. I think it just says Benfica Football Campus now. That uh, I don't think Kasha sponsors that anymore. Uh, it's a campus or campus, bro. I think it's campus, but they just pronounce it campus. They say campus <laughs> in Portuguese. Yeah. Um, you know, very very <laughs> very nice ceremony. And I know, uh, Cristina, you've been been dreaming of this uh, of this day for for quite some time. For the past couple of years, maybe even during the Vitória years, you you were looking forward to this. But let me ask you about that. 
within within the setup uh, for uh, for the introduction or for the ceremony, if he could set up these little podiums uh, wow. these, to put the trophies that JJ had won, uh, and a- there was two on there that actually didn't have trophies, but they had kind of like a a cardboard of a final for both UEFA League finals. Um, first of all, let me let me ask you uh, this: what, what did you think of of uh, the ceremony? What did you think of what JJ had to say? Um, and uh, why was Zilizil there? Or is Zilizil only pick, he's he's only picked for the important moments of the history of this club? To me, that's all. That's all extra stuff that I don't pay attention to. Unfortunately, I paid a little bit more attention to our cardboard trophies because I thought it was an embarrassment. Look, I think it was a recognition of his job, of the previous job that he did at Benfica. But I think those two in particular, again, two losses, I think they could have maybe been left out. There's plenty of other positives that he did at the club. He's Let's not forget, he's the winningest coach in the history of Benfica. There's plenty of trophies that you could have put up there. You, you didn't have to put out a cardboard cutoff because now he just gave our rivals – some ammunition, right? This is humorous and it's also embarrassing. So I, I think they could have done without that. Now, as far as the ceremony, I, honest to God, Alfredo, I didn't care about what, Rui, what the Rui Costa said. I didn't care about what Luis Lufiera said. The only man that I cared about that moment was was the man, the man of the hour, our savior, my man, George Jesus. I was ecstatic. I was like a little kid. I, I couldn't stop smiling. Every time he talked and, and he said some things that obviously we can – we can, you know, uh, dissect here some things that it kind of left me a little iffy, right? Because it looked like he was going out of his way to make sure that he patted our president on the back, to make sure that the president got his credit, which is kind of scary going forward. But you know what? I'm still a believer that JJ is going to do what he has to do, what's best for him and what's best for Benfica, regardless of what uh, anyone else thinks. I think he's here at Benfica now because he's been promised full control. Uh, I think uh, uh, Luis Vieira and whomever the hell else was handling the football department at the time is going to step out of the way. They're going to allow JJ to do what he has to do as far as player management, as far as pay, uh, player acquisition, and even and, and even the, 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 the ticket on a one-way out of say shot. I think it will all be up to, 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 to uh, George Zeus, and I'm ecstatic about that. Now, when the guy talks, man, you know it's going to be exciting. I mean, it's, it's one of those can't-miss TV. And, you know, if you guys recall back in the days when Jose Mourinho still had it, which was a very, very long time ago, his press conferences were just as exciting as maybe some of the games. And this is how I feel about JJ. You can't miss because you don't know what it is that he's going to say at any point. And he had some interesting lines. You know, obviously the first time in 2009, he said, we're going to play double. This time he said, we're going to play double. We're going to play triple, which, you know, you know he feels that way because the guy is an arrogant SOB because he believes in his work. He believes in, 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 in his tactical uh, awareness. He believes in his motivational awareness. So credit to JJ. He also said the very last thing when he said, that to me, bro, I almost did a backflip. I was ecstatic. Look, he knows how to charm the audience. He knows what to say. He knows how to get you on his side. And he's just an absolute pleasure to watch. He does this to us, the fans. He does it to the media. And more importantly, he does it to the players. Players absolutely love him. He had some other interesting things when he said, I'm not a team I'm not a manager of any one team. I'm a football manager, which is absolutely correct. He's a professional. 
and whether that's coaching Benfica, Porto Sport, whatever it is, what it is. Yes, as we've touched on previous podcasts, he says some things I wish he wouldn't have said, but to me, it's if he comes in and if he starts winning, I don't give a crap what he said before. I'll, I'll get over that real quick, which, I mean, I am over it already, but I think the rest of the Benfica uh, will as well. And he also said something that, 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 that left me smiling when he said, look, I have a lot to thank uh, to Benfica. I have a lot to thank to, 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 to Flamengo because it's because of those clubs that I am worldwide known. But at the same time, I'm also known because of my work, because of my ability. He's absolutely correct because if he was just another Ru Vitoria, he would have never gotten the opportunity to, to stick around at Benfica and obviously win as many cups as he did at Benfica. And he would have never gotten an opportunity to go to Flamengo and win and, 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 and break every record in club history. So he's spot on. His ability is what really led him to where he's at now. Yes, those op- those clubs give him the opportunity, but it's his work. And I think us Benfiquistas need to unite around him, unite around the club. Like you said, we need to unite every Benfiquistas. The Benfica world needs to be united. And and I think he, and look, that might have been to charm the president. That might have been the president say, we got to unite everybody, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, he's afraid. You've been in a locker room. You know how it is. That is the message that you have to portray to everyone around you. We have to be united. We have to be on the same page. In order for us to be successful, we have to be together. And whether you like the guy or not, if you're a diehard Benfica, you should be wishing for his success because his success is Benfica's success. His failures will be Benfica's failures. So as a Benfica and as a JJ guy, I want nothing but the best. I hope he goes out there and shatters every single record. Yeah, look, I think that uh, from the minute that he's appointed, there's no uh, sense in and continue to, to to hold a, a grudge or, or resentment. He is now the coach of the team, and you have to wish him well, and you have to hope that uh, he, he, all his promises and, and what he's talked about, uh, he, he delivers on them. But Dave, you mentioned that uh, when he left Benfica, he was a type of coach and now that he's returning to Benfica, he feels that he's a he's a different coach five years later. What what did you think? And aside from what I think everyone uh, is in agreement of, the fact that Benfica is going to play better, what are your expectations for this JJ, who apparently is going to have some talent uh, to play with? Uh, what are your expectations? Yeah, so just uh, my views from the uh, press conference or the introduction, it, the JJ effect was uh, full on board there. I, I, it was much must watch uh, TV. You uh, don't know what you guys were doing yesterday, but uh, I was uh, out golfing and I pulled it up on my phone and, and watched the uh, the press conference because, uh, like Cristiano says, when uh, JJ speaks, uh, you got to listen because he he is. Uh, he gives you he gives you a lot to uh, to uh, digest with his uh, his press conference. So, um, but with saying that as well, it it didn't feel so much as a as a JJ introduction, and it felt more of a, a political uh, presidency uh, campaign. That's what I I took a lot from it, especially at the uh, the beginning, the uh, the two trophies, missing trophies. That's a joke in itself. That's. The, when we we start doing crap like that, we're we're becoming more and more like uh, sporting with their empty uh, trophy case that they had in their museum. That that's that shit that sporting does. But um, um, back to going with the the JJ effect, you can already see that these players that uh, we're linked with nowhere 
near the caliber of players that we've brought in the, these last five, uh, five years. And you see now these players wanting to uh, come in and be coached by a, a high quality manager like uh, JJ. And uh, it, it's good. It's, it's sad that uh, we had to wait five years and you can make the case whether it's a JJ effect or if it's uh, uh, Vieta's uh, re-election uh, promises here. But um, it's, it's just time to be excited. And like you said as well, it's, he is our coach now. We have to be united. There is a president uh, election uh, coming up and we'll get into that as well. But what, whoever the president that uh, gets elected in October. We also, we also still have to respect the votes there and we have to uh, stand behind and united uh, whoever gets elected in October as well. All right. So um, I'll now ask you guys to uh, channel your inner JJ uh, and look at this roster. and We'll get into the sell, keep, loan. Uh, so we'll go through the whole roster. And, and I also want to add that... Uh, on this roster are players that were part of the team towards this last uh, stretch. So players like uh, Muratu, like João Ferreira, uh, like uh, Gonçalo Ramos are all here. So let's uh, let's go through this exercise. We'll start with keepers. Um, and uh, I could start Svilar for me is, is alone. Cristiano? Lone. I still think there's a quality goalkeeper there and maybe it could turn out to be something nice. So I'd absolutely loan him and, and, and get a look at him later on. Dave? I agree with the loan as well. Yeah, I think that uh, JJ is not going to carry this young of a, a goalkeeper, nor is he going to get playing time. It makes sense for him to uh, to go uh, on loan. Vlakovimus for me is obviously a stay, uh, but by far is uh, he's not... Uh, the number one by far. I think that we need to bring somebody in to compete with him for the first spot. Cristiano? I say sell, but that depends on if there's any more money left over because I think you, there's more important parts of this team that need to be strengthened. So if there's still some money left over and you have an opportunity to sell, go get yourself another quality goalkeeper, I will do that. Dave? I've got uh, I've got keep here, but I've got in uh, bracket sell if the price is uh, right though. But uh I, I, I agree with you, Alfredo. Definitely bring somebody in to uh, give him some competition there uh, as the starting keeper. Well, I think Elton Leite is confirmed, right? Yeah, I think he's coming not, in. Not but he's official, not but, but apparently heard. there's an agreement between the two clubs, but it hasn't made official, been made official. Uh, Zlobin, for me, it's uh, it's either a, a sell or, or a loan, but I would lean into selling. Yeah. Uh, love him. Really nice guy. I would sell only because I mean I would sell I would loan only because uh, what are you going to sell them for bag of balls I mean really his, his his market right now is is not very big you know and so to sell them just to sell them it's not I would just I would loan them loan them out and then see to a first division club and see if what you get or maybe you get his market to get his price up a little bit and then you could probably make a couple bucks afterwards Dave yeah I've got him as a loan here just uh, he's still young as well that uh, he can develop if he uh, gets some uh, playing time yeah turning our attention to defenders now Grimaldo that's you're definitely... not uh, you're not going to include uh, Mr. Varela or is he uh, no, we we'll all get, agreed we'll to sell him the, we'll get into the loans okay. jot down how many we're going to keep though just <laughs> just just. I'll do it me. I'll start doing it right now yeah okay. uh, defenders Grimaldo for me uh, you keep him but you have to uh, bring somebody in to compete with him 
I try to get rid of this guy. Let's see what, what, what the market says for him. Let's, let's put him out there, like, you know, selling your house. Put the for sale sign out there, and let's see who bites. Dave? Uh, I've got him as a, a keep here just because at, uh, this, at this point his value is uh, low and he's coming off uh, an injury, so we're not going to make uh, too much money off him. So I've got him as a keep. Yeah. Jardel, for me, is a sell or a loan or a let go or something, not not alone at this age, then not alone, but definitely either seller or release. Uh, I think Jardel, for for all his years of service, and certainly he has been an exemplary um, employee, if you want to call it, or a player of this club, uh, always knowing uh, what his role was within the team when there was guys that were better than him uh, that were starting. When there was when the Lindelofs of the world and the Ruben Diaz of the world came through and played over him, uh, never a peep from Jardel. Uh, he certainly deserves to to uh, to have a uh, an honorary exit of the club, and I hope that the club uh, plays him pays him some kind of homage. But for me, I think he's reached his uh, is is at the end of the line. I'd give him the choice of leaving and going and getting himself a better contract or he can take over for Louison, who is now part of the technical staff. He can take over as an ambassador role, not keep him around if he chose, if he so uh, chose to stick around and, and kind of be that, that, that servant of the club to go around every country of the world and do what Louison did basically take pictures and smile. He's very nice guy. And, you know, he's always going to be that type of person that the young players can lean on. He's always going to be there with the right advice. So I, I, I totally leave it up to him. He wants to leave or he could take that job or he could leave and then come back and take that job whenever he's done playing. Uh, but I will leave it uh, at, up to Jardel, whatever decision he wants to make. Just I, I, it'd be hard, be hard pressed to give him a, a spot on the roster for next season. Dave. Yeah, I've also got him here as a as a sell. I think he still has some some game left in him. He can go Middle East or out into the uh, Asian markets. So MLS, uh, uh, nah, too old. CPL, yeah, mm, too many uh, restrictions there. I don't think he'd get get through. <laughs> it's too cold, bro. It's too cold. He, I mean, a guy that age, you get hurt all the time, shoveling snow before the game and stuff. Forget about it. <laughs> um, Muratu. I think that uh, you keep him on a B team for me, or you put him out. I don't think they're going to loan him out, but to let him let him continue working on a B team. B team, let him work with JJ, and see if you got something going forward. Dave. Yeah, B team as well for me. Uh, Tavares, and this could be for for both uh, Nuno and and Tomas. Um, for me, or or, or or loans or or cut their teeth in the B team. Well, Nuno, Sayonara, Tomas, I still keep him around. Maybe, maybe let him learn on the JJ, but I keep him around. I mean, obviously, if he goes out and gets himself a legit, legit right back, Tomas Tavares wouldn't, wouldn't be a bad option as a secondary guy to play in, a, you know, in, in, you know, spot starts and, and, and learn on the JJ. So I'd, 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 I'd keep him around. The other one, him and Varela could get on the same plane. Dave? I, I've got them both as, uh, as loans here. Okay. Uh, next one is uh, Ebui. I think at this time we, we cut our losses and we release uh, Ebui. Chris? Uh, um, what's his contract situation? Doesn't matter. 
It does matter if he's got if he's got one year. Okay, I could see let him go, let him find his own team, let him let him do what he needs to do. If it's a couple years left on his contract, I'll loan him out just to see if I could recoup some of the money invested in him. Dave, uh, I just got him here as a sell on my end. Just he's never. Uh, I don't know if it, we never gave him a chance, but he just never stuck around with the first uh, first team. He's always been uh, either injured or or be with the B team. So yeah. Cut our losses and sell. Yeah. Pedro Alvaro, I don't know much about him. Just keep him on a B team for me. Chris? Sure. Dave? <laughs> yeah. A lot of these B team players that we didn't see much with them, just keep them there. Ruben Diaz, keep. Chris? Keep them. Listen, man. It, it, I don't want to sell them. It's kind of, you know, but, but here's the situation, right? In order for Benfica to go ahead and and, and, and reinforce this roster the way JJ's going to want to do it, you're going to have to sell somebody. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to sell them, but if I could sell Ruben for for an astronomical price and then I could get me two guys, three guys, you know, 23 to 25 years old, right? Guys that can play at that level and guys that maybe I could get a nice return in the future – I was seriously considering, again, not that I want to sell them, but the fact that the matter is in order to bring in all these players that Jay's going to want to bring, you're going to, this is the only two, three guys on this roster who are going to bring you back any return, which, and he's one of them. So again, depending on the price, um, I, I'd seriously have to consider selling them. I, I want to keep them. I would like to have them around someone else, you know, a, a nice player and pair them together because you see him on the Portuguese national team when he's alongside Pepe. He's, he's a totally different player. He doesn't commit the gaffes and the stupid fouls and the stupid yellow cards that he does with us here. But at the same time, like I said, you're going to have to sell someone in order to get the funds to, to, to reinforce the rest of the roster. So um, I say keep, but I, again, it's the same thing with Grimaldo. Keep. But I put the four sell sign out there and see what I get back. Dave, I've got him as a, a keep as well. Just um, I feel like he's one of the strong pillars uh, that we can build our, our defense uh, around. And sure, you want to sell, but we've sold, we've made over like two hundred fifty million in uh, sales these last two years, and haven't spent uh, nearly close to it. So hopefully, Vieta has been stashing that cash underneath his mattress and he can go uh, and spend it uh, this season here stuffing it in tires bro tires not mattress. yeah no I, look i i could i certainly understand Cristiano. we gotta sell somebody and 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 certainly uh diaz is is the one player with the most market out of all the players in the starting 11 uh i would just i would just love for him to be uh part of this new um new era by Benfica in terms of being um, a captain, in terms of being a leader in a locker room. He certainly has the, the personality for it. Uh, and I would love uh, for him to, for Benfica to be able to keep, keep him. In terms of um, keeping him long-term, if Benfica is able to offer uh, the Cavani's of this world and, and uh, Everton's Bolinas of this world the salary that they can, there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to offer Ruben Diaz the same type of salary. But then again, uh, these players, they always ambition different flights, different leagues, different experiences. So I could see that. But I think that this, this player could be, could be 
or yeah, but, uh, pillar going forward. I love you, Alfredo, but you, you come on, Alfredo, you're better than that. You can't make those comparisons. You can't say if they could afford to give Cavani this time, but they could, they could give Ruben. Come on, Cavani's going to bring visualization from around the world. He's going to bring mass, monster sponsors. Come on, it's totally different beast. That's why you pay a guy like that. Cavani alone, in just in jersey sales, will get you most of his salary. In Jer- Ruben Diaz is not going to give you that. Ruben Diaz is not going to bring you in the Fly Emirates of the world and all the mother extra Sonys and Heineken. They're not bringing you in that visibility for the rest of the world that a Cavani to run. Even a, a kid like Cibolina is a Brazilian national team player, a guy you spend most likely 20 mil to get him and you turn around and sell him for 80 or 90. You're not going to get that same type of return as far as, you know, off the field for Ruben Diaz that you get for these other guys. That's why Cavani's worth every penny in gold because he's going to bring in. I mean, it's, it's just, look, there's going to be other guys that know Cavani's coming. They're going to want to play with him, right? Cavani's taking it serious. They're going to want to play I don't see people jumping hurdles to come and play with Ruben Diaz. And again, I get what you're saying. I would love to have Ruben Diaz around long term. I would Chris, love to, but Chris, it's just we're we're looking at two two periods right now, right? You're looking at a, a club like Mefica that's a sell, 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 sell club, and we're trying to change that. We're trying to keep some players, and I think that when you keep Ruben Diaz and you're able to invest on your future on a player like Ruben Diaz who brings innate leadership qualities, I think that's where you have to start. That's where I see it. But I do understand the commercial unless part of it. Winning, unless Mayfica is winning Champions Leagues, we're always going to have to sell one to two one to two guys. Always. We're always going to have to sell at least one guy a year. I understand that. But, but I think that uh, Ruben Diaz is the perfect guy for us to, to get started on that path somewhat on that path that's i do understand everything that you're saying and i agree with you but for me it's more about at what point are we going to be able to keep a player that's made in seychelles his entire career at benfica you got one he just wasn't made in seychelles but you got andre almeida (laughs) you keep those guys you got jokes andre almeida Keep, keep. Look, the guy, uh, there's some negatives you could point out as far as leadership. Obviously, you know, he's embroiling all that made, uh, set up, made, but you know what? Look, I think if he's a guy that is going to back up right back, he's going to be my backup left back, he's going to be my backup center mid, he's going to play in Tasa de Cerveja. Look, it is what it is. You're going to need to keep some veterans around so you can't get rid of everybody. Yeah, I would only keep him because of that. I don't foresee him being a starter in this team. Uh-huh. He definitely doesn't have the quality to be in this team. Uh, but he's uh, he's one of JJ's boys. He's been with he was with JJ at uh, at Bolnitsch. He's been with uh, JJ at Benfica, and like you said, the poly the the average uh, skill set polyvalent is what he brings to the table. Dave. I've got him as a sell for the reasons that uh, Cristiano mentioned. I feel like he's part of the uh, cancer that was in the the locker room this uh, this season. So uh, clean that shit up and uh, get all the uh, the toxicity out of there. So, but look, man, I'm not, Dave. I'm not trying to change your mind here, anyone listening, right? Because we're all entitled to our own opinion, right? But it, when we say sell, right, what are you going to get back for some of these players? We're just going to sell for the sake of selling. When we say sell, we could always be release. Release or uh, I mean, you're gonna sell a guy for for a million bucks, two million. I mean, isn't it better to keep him around as a guy that could do a little bit of everything? And and look, if he's playing 10, 15 games a year, 
I'm okay. Now, if he's playing 30-plus, then I got a huge problem. But if he's playing you know, a guy that gives – like we talked about so much this season that Grimaldo never got a rest, right? Maybe keep another Almeida and, and, and look, trust me, we need a much better backup than, than another Almeida. But I'm just using a guy that could play a bunch of different roles. Maybe Andre Almeida this year, if he wasn't such a key part at the right back, could have given a, 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 a Grimaldo a rest yep. game too. That's what I mean. It's just um, rid of everybody, yeah, bro. I'm, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm I'm tremendously disappointed with uh, with Andre Almeida with everything that went down the this season. Um, but certainly, I, I do understand that you got to be fiscally responsible and also see what the what the trade off uh, of having Andre Almeida around would uh, would do for you. Uh, Ferro, to me, it, it depends on how many center backs come in. If uh, if two or two or three center backs come in, I think that Ferro needs to go out on loan. I'd bring in two center backs. Like, again, that's if I keep uh, Diaz. If Diaz stays, two more center backs, depending on who they are, bring in a quality center back, another guy, another young guy. And then then I'd have to think hard about Ferro, but I would keep Ferro around because you're going to need four center backs throughout the year regardless. And, again, you keep the Ferro around to play those games that to give other guys breathers. And then at the same time, the most important thing is that he gets to learn under JJ. So Ferro for me is a stay. <clears throat> Dave? Uh, I, I've got him. Uh, I've got him here as a loan if he's not uh, going to get the uh, some minutes on this uh, squad. So I kind of feeling uh, feeling the same sentiments as you guys. It all depends on the amount of uh, center backs we bring in here. But if he's not going to get uh, time to uh, develop, then uh, loan him out. Yeah, João Ferreira is somebody we didn't see that was uh, promoted in this last part of the season to the A team. Uh, he could continue to be on the B team for for me. I think you guys are going to be the same thing because we haven't even seen this guy play. Um, yes, agreed? Yes. Uh, apparently, Juventus saw enough of him. They wanted him included in the, the Matias Perin deal, and then all of a sudden he fell off the face of the earth for Benfica. He well, showed up. At, so I'd keep him just as – look, if he's that good, let's see what he has. Yeah. Uh, midfielders, uh, let's start with Gabriel. For me, uh, sell him for the right price. I would love – to see Gabriel on the JJ, I just not sure if he's got the right intensity in him. Um, that's my main question mark. And again, I go back to the Ruben Diaz scenario. Uh, I want to really inject this club with quality players, and some guy is going to have to leave in order to bring back some money in order to invest in other guys. So, for the right price, I would sell him. In the right price, I mean, if I get twenty mil, I think that's that's already a lot. I would, and I mean. We're talking about maybe a year ago, we wouldn't have let him go for, for less than 35. But at this point, the fact that JJ is here to strengthen the rest of the roster, I would, I would, I would sell for the right price. Dave? I've got him as a keep just because I want to see what uh, he can do with uh, JJ. A lot of these players here, maybe this is their, their second chance, uh, and uh, I'd love to see what uh, JJ could do with uh, Gabriel. Yeah, next one is uh, Pizzi. You hear that? That's the MLS calling. Hope he gets an offer from the MLS. It's another guy that has uh, that has disappointed me. Uh, and I do recognize that he does have talent, but he just he, I, I think he just lacks the, the attitude that, that's needed. Chris? Well, for those of you listening to the Bifiga podcast for the last five or six years, you know that it's not the first time he disappoints me. You know where I stand with PZ. Uh, but that being said, I'd keep him. I'd keep him. I have no problem with a PZ on my team if he's 
my fifth best player. The problem I have with PZ is when Benfica's building the roster around him, thinking he is that 30-goal guy, the guy that's going to score these huge goals and these huge games, and he's just not that guy. But if he's, you know, if we got a, a team filled with, the, you know, the, the, the Everton's of the world and those types of players, PZ's going to fit in just fine. And uh, maybe maybe it'll, it'll humble him a little bit. Maybe it'll just humble him a little bit, having all those other players around him. So I'll keep him. If. Uh, I would sell them, but like you said, for the past five, six years, I think we've all been saying to try to sell them, but we've never heard of any teams interested or, or even any transfer rumors of PT uh, leaving this club. So I don't know if there's a, a market with him. He's getting older. He's uh, got to be what? He's 29, 30 now. Maybe the MLS would be the only league that uh, would come to uh, offer PT, but then what are you going to get uh, for him? What's the MLS going to pay for? MLS hasn't paid more than like five mil for any transfer. Exactly. What are they, yeah. And think about PZ, as bad as he's been, as, as infuriating as he's been for us, right? Even if you sell him at 15 mil, you're not going to get anybody else for 15 mil that's going to score 30 goals, even though it's against nobody's monkeys. But he still does that. It still needs to be done. You know what I mean? It still needs to be done. I just think him around a bunch of better players, he's going to play better, actually. But again, sell him for what? What are you going to sell him for? That's the thing. You're, nobody's going to come in and give you the right money for a 30-goal scorer. Yeah, and he's not young anymore. He's, he's I think he's 28 or 29. 20, yeah. he's, he's perfect for the MLS, if you ask me. Uh, <laughs> I've got a player here that's perfect for the MLS that's, that's coming up, but uh, that's yeah, just a too. foreshadow. The one in the four, we'll talk about in a minute. Weigel, for me, it's a keep. I think that's a no-brainer. Yeah, keep. He was the only player that uh, you could see progression in the second half of the season. Yeah. Paulo, uh, Paulo Bernardo, center mid, uh, B team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duntish, for me, I'd love to see Duntish playing in uh, Liga Nosh, but elsewhere, not Benfica. Yeah. I think that middle of the park right now is too congested for him. He's never going to break into the, to the team. What if Malikão play with all the mother youngsters out there? Yeah. All right, that's not a bad shot, man. Famalicão, uh, Guimarães, Braga's putting together a nice team. No, nah, he wouldn't. Not there. Like I said, Famalicão. Okay. Uh, Chiquinho, for me, it's, uh, it's a sell or a loan, whatever. He could play for Academic Diviso for all I care. Please. Hey, I've take got him. CPL. I've, I've got him as a loan here. Loan? Loan. You're being kind. He can go CPL. on a Nottingham Forest. CPL, CPL. Oh, you mean like that? That's right. You're talking about those types of loans. Yeah, I was thinking about Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah go on. Go on. Uh, Samarish, for me, is, uh, is, is a seller or a loan. I think he's got a market for that. Sell. Now see, now see. This is a, a type of player where you're gonna get for Samadis. Uh, that I'm keeping him here for just what he can provide as a, a leadership uh, in the in the clubhouse. Something that's five uh, mil for him. He's a Greek international. Five. What is he? Twenty nine already. You get five mil for him to 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 like a Crystal Palace or something like that, and those teams will pay for him. Or like a a, a mid table uh, Spanish team. Or you yeah. can even go back to Greece. So I'd sell him. He ain't whatever. He Dave, exists. what did you say? Keep him? I, I, I said keep him. He was uh, he was uh, his success, most successful seasons were under JJ as well. So yeah. we'll see. I think that's what he's putting his chips on. Uh Adelio Tarapt. 
for me is uh, I'm, I'm interested in, in seeing what uh, JJ can do with him. So uh, keep for me. Keep, but I'm very nervous. But I'd keep, you know, you know, I would keep, but I'm very nervous. I'm not sure that's. Well, me. you know, this could either make or, or break the rest of his career. I've got him here as a, a sell, and he's my Mister Come to the MLS uh, player. I'd love to. I love his intensity, but uh, I think Benfica, Benfica should try to sell while the uh, market is high on him. And I'd love to see him uh, on this side of the pond here. He would easily be the best player in MLS, hands down, easily. Chill, Carlos Vela, man. Chill, Alfredo. You need to relax, bro. I love. He's I not love, better than Carlos Vela. No, for you. No, and I Perhaps love. That's not better than Carlos Vela. No. Okay. No. And there's there's probably a couple there's probably two or three more players in the MLS that he's not better than. But you think so? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like who? Valeri? Nah, forget Valeri, but like maybe Joseph Martinez in Atlanta. Um mm. I like my man, uh I forget his name, number ten in Seattle. He's nasty. Tarap's more skillful, but look, Vela, he's definitely he's he's not better than Vela. I'll just leave it at that. And Joseph Martinez, a guy that Benfica was interested in as well, bringing into from the MLS, bringing him into to Lisbon. He's a guy that's going to be on a lot of European teams' radars. Um, Twenty-seven-year-old striker, Venezuelan, scored a lot of goals. Very powerful pitbull. Um, maybe those two. And, and I'm pretty sure I'm probably forgetting someone else in the MLS. But I love Adel Torah, but I'll take Carlos Vela over him all day, every day. Yeah, uh, Florentino, keep. Yeah, I'm. It's a keep for me too, but I'm. Ju- I'm just curious to see what 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 that middle of the park is going to look like. What that depth chart is going to look like. Well, I'd keep him and Vigon. Those will two. They'll be my two sixes. Remember, I'm getting rid of of, of Samadis. So th- those are my two sixes. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, Dave. I've got him as a keep here as well. Yeah, uh, David Tavares, another Tavares. I heard that that's the best Tavares of them all. I heard that that kid, if he never got hurt, he would have been the guy that would have... He didn't get hurt, man. He had COVID for three months. No, but he... No, but, but even I'm, before the... No, before, yeah, before the season, yes. He right. hurt his knee last off season. He hurt his knee, and then he got hurt, and then he came back, and then he got COVID. So I heard that he's the best of the Tavares. I heard if he was healthy um, last off season, last summer, he got hurt, I believe. Was it here? Was it here in uh, the, the, the ICC? No, it was before, beforehand. Oh. Okay, um, I was told that if, if he never got injured, he would have been the guy that would have taken that number eight position by the horns, and he would have been the one to bodies that would have been impressing everybody. Yeah, for me, it's a loan. Yeah, loan. Yeah, absolutely. At this point, loan. Dave? Loan, B-team, or B-team, B-team. Yeah, I've got loan. He only saw 30, 36 minutes of action this year and uh, 23 coming in the Champions League. So, you know, yeah. that's not going to fly with uh, JJ. We're not going to see these uh, these players making their debuts for the senior squad uh, in Champions League. So, loan them out. All right, forwards. Uh, Servi, for me, is uh, is sell. Because I, I just think that, um, uh, yes, he's a hard worker and he's intense. He's just... I just don't think that he's the type of uh, player that JJ likes. In what world is Serbia forward? Well, I'm saying forward line, you know, wingers could be considered I, forwards. No, Fredo, if I don't get to mess with you, who's going to do it, right? Um, <laughs> look, I I can't believe I'm going to say this. But depending on what JJ does with the left back position, I keep because JJ wanted to turn. No, nah, I don't want to go down that lane. Mel Garejo. Uh, JJ. That's Gapal, a good example. 
I was going to say the whole, the whole Bernardo Silva line crap. Um, but obviously, you know, I was going to be sarcastic. Look, I, I, that could be a nice, adequate left back. You never know with him. So I'd, I'd keep him around just to see what JJ would do with him. Hey. And again, what are you going to get for him? A bag of balls? Chris is uh, reading my notes here because I got keep uh, strong defensive uh, defensively and maybe JJ can work his magic and convert him into a left back. Uh, Zivkovic, I think it's about time that we try to sell him, put him on a put him on a rebate shelf, see if somebody's going to take him on sale. Chris, I, I I pay him whatever he's got left in his contract and sayonara. And I like the kid. I like the kid, but I just think on this club, there's not going to be enough space for him, especially with the new players coming in. There's not going to be enough room for him to play. He, his contract every year just keeps going up and up and up, and he's not going to want to leave because, it's, like I said, his contract keeps going up and up and up. So it's just one of those points. Look, at this point, we're going to pay you. Even if you can loan him and just get someone to pay 10% of his contract, you pay the other 90, you're making out right there. So, yeah. Uh, yeah I, Dave? I've got sell and this I think we've been saying this for three years like Chris said his uh, salary keeps increasing uh, year over year but yet he's still here but I think it's time to uh, cut ties with him yeah uh, Rafa for me is a keep only because again I'm curious to see what JJ was going to be able to do with Rafa there's four players on my mind that Benfica has to really study and look hard about selling in order to make money in order to bring in others other players and i mentioned already uh the gabriel's i mentioned diaz and i got another one i'll say after but he's my third guy i i would uh i, I like rafa but if everton comes in um and other midfielders that we're expecting to come in come in it's just there's not going to be enough room to squeeze everybody with these high salaries not going to be enough uh playing time for everybody and i know that jj likes to have two per Per, per position, but that being said, uh, I'm going to keep repeating what I've said, I think, since we started this with Vlaco Dimos, which is you're going to have to sell in order to bring in some money to strengthen this. I just, I, I really don't believe Benfica's got $150 million to go ahead and spend. I don't care, Dave, how much they've made over the last... Benfica can't afford to spend $150 mil. Dave? Especially yeah, and paying the Cavani's of the world, paying the, 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 the JJ's of the world. They, they don't have that type of money. They're going to have to sell in order to balance their books, in order to to kind of alleviate the, the, the bill that they have to, to, to look at every month. Dave? Two words, selection year. There, there's going to be money that uh, we didn't know we had magically. I'm not saying that it's right or, or if it's wrong. I'm just saying that we're, there's money. There's going to be money that's found because it's an election year. But uh, for Rafa, I'm going to say uh, keep uh, as well. Gonzalo Ramos, loan for me. No, keep him as a fourth striker. Okay. Fourth guy, let him learn on the JJ. Let him play all the th- – well, if if there's going to be a Tasa de Cerveja this year or not, we don't know. But, again, there's injuries throughout the year. Um, you know, and, and look, we, we, we all bitched and complained about uh, Diego Souza, and he became a player that got a lot of playing time. A lot of us said, what, what do we need Souza when we got Vinicius and we got Sferovic? And, look, Souza got to play a lot. So, uh, at the very worst, Gonzalo Ramos could do what Souza did, if not better. So, I, I'd keep him around and let him learn on the JJ. Dave? Yeah, I've got here, but keep between the uh, keep on the B team, but also train with the uh, the senior senior squad as well. Seferovic for me is sell. Uh, That's my MLS player right there. Sell to the MLS five mil. Sell, get him in the MLS. Let him run around. I think he'd be perfect here. 
I'd love to see him here in uh, the MLS, but I've also got him as a, a Sal, unless JJ can work his magic and convert him to like uh, another position. There's, but, there's uh, no magic. There's no magic no. to be. Ext- you can't extract blood out of a rock, Dave. They've already taken all the magic out of him when he scored 30 goals last year. Yeah. So that's that was, right out. He should have retired then. Um, how long is Diego Souza's loan? Is it is it over now? Or? No, no, it's it's until December. Oh fuck! So he's got another whatever. Not even six months, but that's to me is send him back to China. I I got I'll fly out to Lisbon, pick him up, and drive him back to the airport uh, myself. I, Just like the whole the whole point of him coming in here was to uh, so that he can get in form for the the Euros. And now look at us at the end of the season. I, I, I don't think he's he's so far off from being called up to the the national team though. Like it, it's a it's a joke. He's yeah, you guys want to send him to China. I just I want to send him anywhere but Benfica. I don't. He can stay in the country. He doesn't even need to go to the airport. Just go to another team. I just don't know how Benfica is going to get out of this until December. So hopefully they can. But we'll see what happens. Jota, for me, it's uh, it's it's very dependent on what what players come in, but like. You know, Everton, Sibulina, and I don't think I think that's going to happen for sure. I think that uh, Jota is going to is going to lose uh, some room here. Let him go. Uh, let him go to Guimarães or Famalicão or Braga or Riwav. Let him go. Uh, get his confidence there. I'd keep keep uh, be the guy. Be basically PZ's backup and uh, let him work uh, under JJ, and let's see if JJ could do something with him here. He doesn't even play in the same position as Pizzi, dude. Play on the well, on the outside, right mid, left mid? He's a winger. Okay, right mid, left mid. JJ ain't playing with wings. JJ is a 4-4-2, so forget the 4-3-3. It's going to be a 4-4-2. I'll keep him around. Let him learn under JJ. Dave? I've also got here that I keep just so we can let JJ take a look. Look at him and uh, see what he can do with Jota. And the last one of uh, Vinicius, I would uh, I'd keep him. He's my he's my fourth guy. Sell to make funds to bring in better players. And if you think player, you can still get a hundred million for him? Oh no, I I never thought you could. Uh, uh, if the president gonna, said yes, I don't care what the president said. If we're gonna sign who I'm expecting to sign, there's no need for. For Vinicius, sayonara. Let's get the 40, 45 million for him, and I'll be ecstatic. Yeah. Dave? I've got him as a, as a keep here. On the, um, okay. On the, the players that are out on loan, um, let's just go and let's just go. Would you bring him back? Yes or no? Varela? Before before we do that, Alfredo, can we can we just go down the list, Dave, of the guys we keep? Because again, if because I'm thinking in my head, I'm keeping Peasy, I'm keeping Tarapt, I'm keeping Jota. There might not be no room to keep these other guys. That's, so can we can we just go over the list so far of the guys from the main squad who we who we decided to keep so far? Well, there were there were some uh, some differences here. Uh, there weren't unanimous decisions. The unanimous, we've got Vlaco. Uh, well, it actually wasn't unanimous because oh. you said that you would sell them. Uh, I guess the only one that we had unanimous was Florentino because we... Weigel. as well, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, well, what do you I'll, got there? On I'll your tell list? you what I got. Uh, Vlako Dimuz, and again, at least one vote to keep. Uh, Vlako Dimuz, Grimaldo, um, Ruben Dias, Almeida, Ferro, 
Pizzi, Tomás Tavares, Tomás Tavares, uh, Weigl, Florentino, Florentino, Tarabt, Servi, Servi, Rafa, Jota, Vinícius. Sure, we're bringing back the whole the whole squad that we just suffered the the second half of the season with here. It looks yeah. like we're bringing everybody back. Yeah. So now uh, on to um, the guys uh, that are alone. Just a yes or no if you bring them back. Bruno Varela, no for me. <laughs> I'm not even answering that. Dave? I'm still waiting for that 15 million uh, transfer fee. Igor, million for right Igor Rodrigo, no. 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 Don't know who Christian Lema, no. 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 Pedro Pereira is no. No. Eh, maybe I'll bring him to camp to see if he can compete with André Almeida. Or Tomás Tavares. Nah, bro. Don't tell me to compete with André Almeida. Benfica better get a, a legit right back. You better stop with this, man. German uh, Conti. He's got a loan till December 2020. That's It's a no for me also. Nope. No. Faisa. No. 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 Alfa Semedo. I is, love uh, I like to bring him in and let's get a look at him. At least I, I will. I will just bring him back into training camp. Let's see. Let's see what JJ could think of him. Yeah, not for me, Dave. I like I like Chris said. Keep him. Uh, he never fit with uh, Vitoria or Lajes, uh structure. So let's see what JJ can do with him because I think there's a player still there. Yeah, Krovinovic is a yes for me. Nope. It's a yes for me as well. Uh, I don't know if we even need to discuss Jetson because he's out there until 2021, both him and Caillou. Uh, John DeCadish, I think that he was sold already, Dave. Was he? He's playing for that... Uh, what's, it, what's it called? It's, it's, it's a... Cl- no, he's playing for a French club, Dijon. Oh, Dijon. Yeah, the mustard. The mustard I think, club. yeah, Yannick Gonzalez is gone, I think. And uh, Facundo Ferreira, I think he's on his you way. You missed the one guy. You skipped over the one guy who I think yeah. is actually going to come. No, Nuno Santos. No, Nuno Santos. He's, yeah, he's, he's not he's ours. Out, he's, sold, yeah. he's not ours anyway. Which, which guy, dude? I'm going off of Dave's list, so maybe he skipped it. Who? Gonçalves. Well, yeah. Dave. He's coming. He's coming oh, and he's staying. Yeah, Gonçalves. You're right. I think I'll, I'll, Yo, I'll Diogo Gonçalves. He's coming and he's staying. I like him. That's why. Yeah. That's why I told you that. Who are we keeping? Because if he's coming and, and and I do expect him to stay, I might change my Jota to to a loan. I might change my Jota to a loan. Yeah, I think at this point uh, Diogo Gonçalves is uh, way more ahead in terms that's of development than Jota. I agree with you. I think um, he's coming. And he's gonna he's gonna get some burn. He's gonna get nice playing time. Yeah. So Facundo Ferreira, I think I wouldn't I wouldn't take him back. And I think he's got interested in Argentina, right? My sources have told me that Benfica has reached a total agreement with uh, Vélez Sarsfield for his transfer. He's just waiting to see if he's gonna get anything from Europe, and and if he doesn't get a better offer, he will indeed go ahead and uh, agree to terms with Vélez. Everything's been tied up uh, between the two clubs. So in in terms of uh, new players coming in, I think that Everton Sevilla is probably uh, they said that they're just waiting for 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 the president to to sign for for Leishley Fierro to sign. Uh, Cavani, same thing. Apparently, everything is uh, good. He accepted what uh, Benfica offered, and I think it's just waiting for the president's uh, signature. And 
the announcement can come as, as early as tomorrow or next Wednesday. Christiana says it's going to be on a Wednesday. Yo, listen, Cavani, just, just guys, just wait on it. Wait on it. I've been told we're all going to be smiling very soon. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, Christiana, what do your sources tell you on Waldenschmidt? I was told uh, two weeks ago is the last time I actually talked about it and um, that there's real interest. Um, so I, that's that's all I was told, that there's real interest. And uh, obviously all, all the latest reports are that there is an agreement that Befico will try to seal that uh, him and Coco, whatever his name is, the central defender that Benfica is going to try to seal the, those two transfers by the end of the week. Uh, again, I haven't been told directly about those two lately, but I was told that there is legit, legit interest from Benfica. Uh, this is about two weeks ago or so like that. Something yeah. Like. Cabrera from Espanol. Don't know nothing about him. Yeah, apparently he's, uh, he's one of JJ's requests. Uh, Sar, French. Free agent from from Lens or whatever Lons whatever you yeah. call it. There's there's I, I heard that him and the club are, are, are heading to to an agreement that he should uh, be jumping on board here soon. Yeah, and you already mentioned uh, mentioned Cock uh, Lucas Verissim from Santos, center back. Santos needs money. What Brazilian club doesn't need money? <laughs> yeah, but uh, this is somebody that uh, JJ is uh, knows about. Is intimately I, ex- I, I, I expect about. I expect him to come. Yeah, from the things I've seen from him, looks like a like a good center back, but uh, we'll see. Uh, Benfica announced today that, uh, or yesterday, that they signed the uh, U16 Italian international Cher Nador, uh, who was uh, in Atalanta's uh, academy. So Benfica captured him, no doubt, to Atalanta. be Atalanta. Not Atlantis. Atlantis is a resort. Atalanta, or whatever it's called. Ciao, bella. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, from what I understand, there was big, big sharks uh, looking at this kid, and Benfica was able to secure. Still got a few years but, until he can make it to the main team. Must have been the extra field that Aurelius built and say Shaw that swooped him in, you know, that that really made up his mind. Is that extra one? Absolutely. Um, drawing for the playoff for the Champions League will take place on the 31st of August, so right around the corner. Possible. Opponents for Benfica, uh, Rennes from uh, from France, Krasnodar, Victoria Pletsen, Rapid Vienna, Paok, Aze Alkmar, Lokomotiva from Croatia. Uh, those are the uh, some of the opponents that Benfica could get. Uh, that game will take place on the 22nd or 23rd of September. That UCL uh, qualifier for Benfica. The Liga Nosh will start on the 20th of September. That's already been announced by the Liga itself. Uh, but they do state that it needs to be uh, sealed and, and approved by uh, the FPF, which I don't foresee a problem in that. Um, what else? The jerseys? Cristiano? Like you said, if the team is winning, nobody really cares if the jerseys is donkey shit color. Uh Everybody will will applaud the team as long as as long as the team is well. At first, at first, I have my doubts, but as I've seen them more and more and more, they, they've grown on me. I like them. I like them. I know they're different. They're not the prototypical Benfica jerseys. And I think I said it on Twitter. There's there's few things in the world that should never be touched, and two of them right off the top of my mind is Ferrari red and Benfica red. And this red does not line up to 
last year's Benfica red, and, and, and you know I think that they should have uh, tried to stick with that red. But look, uh, again, it, it's grown on me. I'm a fan. I'll definitely be purchasing it. I actually like it better than the all black jersey. To be brutally honest with you, I don't think Benfica should have a black kit. I think it should be red and white. Uh, those, and, and then if you want to tell me there's a black, all the third kit, the alternative, fine, I'll, I'll swallow it. But to me, it should always be red home, white away. Um, have different designs. It is what it is. But those two colors should never be changed. That's the Benfica I grew up on. Same like you, Alfredo. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the black. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not liking the color of the the main jersey. But uh, I I like the the black, especially because of the monochromatic emblem, and I think it fits the color the color scheme of the jersey. Uh, itself, so I'm I'm kind of I'm down with the with. The, I look at that black jersey and I think of a goalkeeper jersey. Yeah, it's it's is it black or is it like a a dark gray? I don't know. I'll be I'll buying to the, see him up close. The red orange one. That's the one I'll be buying. Yeah, Dave, what do you think, man? I think uh, it would the the home kit there. If they had the the crest with all the colors and it, they didn't make it monochromatic, it would be. Very, uh, very clean. I've asked the. I know we're all traditionalists here, so that's the uh, biggest problem that uh, the about the crest, uh, not having all the colors in there. Don't but say I've all asked of us. Of, Don't say all of us. Okay, yeah, you just said, just that, said that, 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 that didn't bother you. But I, I've asked um, a couple of my buddies who are uh, fanatics, and they really think that uh, it, our kid is uh, fresh. They're not traditional, not traditional bank uh, supporters, but. They think it's a, a nice clean uh, kit with the uh, the gold. Yeah, I'm just with Cristiano. With uh, I don't even care about the emblem, and I know that there's all kinds of issues with the emblem not meeting the statues. And but for, for me, it's it's the red. That red's got to pop. You know, it's just, and it's like Cristiano said. You don't mess with Ferrari red, and you don't mess with uh, Benfica red. And for me, yeah, it looks yeah. But I'm a fan of it, though. I like it. It's grown on me. But I, I, I look. I would have been. I would have been okay with it if it was that regular red. Now, for those that are complaining about the crest, look, I'm, I don't, I don't discredit them. I'm not disrespecting. I respect their opinion. I'm just, I, I you know, I, I rather focus and bitch and complain about the actual footballing on the field, not, not, not a crest. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, if we run ourselves well, we win the games we're supposed to win. I think we're not going to give a crap about that crest, and I think that's the one thing we're going to be uh, proud about. I, I think. Most people would would find it would find it very hard to be proud about that beautiful crest and losing five zero to the Basileas of the world. I, I think I think that to me would be a bigger worry than than what we're going through right now. Yeah. So just to finish off, uh, there, there's now uh, three official candidates candidates uh, for the presidency of Benfica in the election that's taking place in this October. Um, and in future episodes, we'll we'll dive a little deeper into what uh, each one of these guys uh, plans uh, on doing and what their uh, manifestos are, so on and so forth. Uh, so one of the guys, João Noronha Lopes. Uh, his campaign motto is a Gloria e agora. Glory is now. Uh, he was part of the Villarinho presidency. Villarinho was the guy that uh, won the elections against Valias Vid and that turned Benfica uh, around. Uh, after Villarinho, he, he did leave, but he was part of that, uh, that tough uh, group of, of folks that uh, pointed the club into the right direction. Uh, he is supported by notable uh, Benfiquistas, public fi- figures, so on and so forth. The next one is Rui Gomes da Silva, 
uh, and the team for his uh, candidacy is Benfica and Nos. Benfica is ours. Uh, he has been uh, a critic, uh, not just not just an election year, but in in, in past years of of Luis Fleiffiera's uh, presidency. Um, and uh, he was at one point part of of that uh, structure also. So he knows the club in, inside out and also knows how Luis Fiera operates. Uh, the last uh, uh, candidacy to be made public was made public yesterday. Uh, it's called Servir U Benfica and, uh, or Serve Benfica. And the guy at the head of that is Francisco Benitez. So he was, he's not really a, a well-known public figure. Uh, and this uh, candidacy revolves more around an uh, uh, older group of, of fans uh, that also thinks that it's time for a change. So as I mentioned in future podcasts, we will uh, dive, a little, uh, we'll dive a little deeper uh, into uh, what these uh, candidacies will bring to the table. And uh, we'll just offer the facts and we'll let you uh, make the decisions on, on your own. Um, so that's pretty much it. That's, uh, that's all we got uh, for uh, this week. Sorry it was a long one, but we kind of needed to do this. Uh, therapy session also for, for many of you um, and certainly for us. Uh, don't forget that uh, Befica uh, Podcast is a proud founding member of Befica Independent. BeficaIndependent.com is where you can find uh, our podcast along with uh, many other podcasts. We also are on Patreon with two levels of support, one at two, one at five, uh, that will give you ex- access to exclusive uh, content, both audio and written. Um, BeficaPodcast.com at 10CO10 at 87DO87 is where you can find us on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Facebook and, all and all. Thank you very much for, uh, for following us and, and for listening to us throughout the season. We certainly uh, appreciate it. And, and I hope that next season will be much better for Benfica. Certainly with uh, JJ's appointment, uh, Cristiano is confident. And I think we're all confident that Benfica will play uh, a lot better than what they've been playing. And certainly the results will come once uh, the team is performing. Boys. Always a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to my boys over Benfica FM, Nuno, my boy Pita, Vaquero, Flavio. Nunca deixam Flavio falar. Joãozinho. Uh, who else am I missing? That's it, right? Am I missing someone else? There's like five of them. They're like the Backstreet Boys. Said uh, Pita, João Gomes, Vaquero, Flavio, and Nuno. Picado. Yeah, so the Backstreet Boys, exactly. And don't forget Kuka, the cat. <laughs> Kuka, that's that's the biggest star of the show. Uh, so yeah, big shout out to them. They wrapped up their their, their third season. Uh, keep up the great work, gentlemen. Uh, those of you listening, check us out also on Benfica Independent. As Alfredo said, there's a lot of good stuff going on up there. So uh, plenty of content even now in the off season. Trust me, there'll be plenty on these uh, candidates. Um, and you know we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to entertain you guys thank you very much for the support and um, I, I might you know maybe this is a goodbye for me here until the next season you know, maybe from here I'm trying to get, get a couple of weeks off when we're talking about these candidates you never know guys we'll see what happens take care everyone